0: I'm sitting down with Horace Golden. How are you?
1: Doing well. Hope Great. you are too.
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks Great. for for driving out here. Fun times. Specifically for this podcast and and nothing else.
1: No, there's no. nothing else going there's on. Nothing. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad this worked out that uh, you were you were coming out here anyway when we got a chance to sit down. So uh, I usually start these things off with you just kind of giving us a uh, a bio and, and timeline, basically where you where you started, how music started off for you, uh, colleges that you went to, maybe any mentors, and then where you're at now.
1: All right. Well, I I'm, I'm and I'm guessing like most other people started in middle school band um, in sixth grade as a little alto saxophone player. And before that, I'd had experience taking piano lessons because my parents made me. Um, I chose alto on my own, which I I did a lot of work with that because I enjoyed that more than piano. So I did middle school band, did high school band, had the same director, Steve Skillman, down in uh, Boiling Spring Lakes, North Carolina, which is near Southport, North Carolina. Wilmington is that coastal area. Um, And from there, I went to UNC Chapel Hill and did my degree in political science, and partway through that Stop. we got
0: political science. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> I was gonna go to law school. Okay. That that was that was it. I wanted to make money, and I thought law school would be good. And okay. I enjoy you know I enjoy being argumentative. My friends would attest to that. Um, so yeah, political science because okay. that was gonna be the entry in okay um but part way through that degree we had a change in band director at unc chapel hill who happened to be jim Heil, who mm-hmm. is around this area yeah, currently yeah. um and he really kind of corralled a number of us who said we love music but we're not doing this so i had a friend steve lytle who's actually the um new assistant, uh, at West Virginia is the assistant director and is director of athletic bands. He was one of them, He was an econ major who came back and did music. And we had several other friends. One was a business major. One was an elementary ed major. One was a physics major that Dr. Heil pretty much inspired to, to do music ed. Um, so I went back and did because my parents, very patient people. Uh, Another four (laughs) years on campus and did my music ed certification. And then from there, I got my first job and taught for a while. And then I went and got my master's degree at UNC Greensboro. Okay. Um, Then I taught some more and decided, (laughs) my route is very entertaining as I think about it. (laughs) I decided I was going to do a degree in ed leadership. I was going to do an EDD. So I went back to UNC Chapel Hill and started that and then decided, no, I don't want to do that um, kept teaching. And then in 2011, um, Kevin Settetal was doing our Allstate band in North Carolina and I'd never seen him rehearse, didn't really know anything about him other than his name and that he was at, um, Michigan state at that time. And I went and watched his rehearsal and went, Oh, wow. You know, if I were to ever do some sort of conducting degree, I would love to study with this guy. Cause he, he's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> And I should say that during the time I was teaching, I did go and do uh, like summer workshops or workshops during the school year with conducting. So I did one the one at Northwestern, I did the one at Cincinnati, I did one at North Texas um, and UNC Greensboro would bring in people throughout the year, each school year that would do a little conducting workshop. Um, so at that point, you know, I kind of put away the idea of doing that kind of degree But I went, well, you know, if I'm ever going to do it, I would love to do it with him. Well, and as it turns out, um, Virginia Tech has a conducting workshop every year. And that particular year, it was Travis Cross was hosting. um, Dr. Settetal was one of the clinicians and Alfred Watkins was the other. Um, And I went up and did that workshop and he and I got to know each other. And we talked about it and he's like, "Okay, well, if you want to do this, we can do this. Let's talk about it. Okay. And between 2011... And um 2013 we essentially came up with a plan for me to be able to go and then I had my audition uh to solidify things
0: and What sp- does what does an audition for that look like?
1: Um well my particular situation was that I went up to MSU and I had to do a presentation for the Graduate Conducting Studio. So I had to do a 30-minute talk on the Strauss E-flat Serenade. Um From whatever perspective I chose to go, which was one portion of it. And then the other portion was I had to uh, conduct a chamber piece with the uh, graduate chamber winds, um, which at that point was the Hartman uh, Serenade, the Opus 43. Um, Having never conducted chamber winds really at all, because we don't really do the middle school chamber winds thing so much. Um, (laughs) So... But yeah, so after 18 years of that, that was my audition. It was those two things. Um, And we went up and it was was me and another person um, were for the two audition spots because he had two slots um, that year. And I auditioned well and he offered me the spot. So I started in the fall of 2014 on campus. And then I did my two years there. So I was there from 2014 to 2016 and was looking for a job in 2016 and you send out so many applications when you're looking for a job at the collegiate level. And I mean, the packets are 15, 16 plus pages long and you send videos and all these things. And I'd done a lot of that and I've gotten a couple of on-campus interviews. Um, but it was mid June. I still didn't have a job offer. It's like, okay, well, we'll just see how this goes. I can go back to public school if I want to, that's not a big deal. Uh, or if I needed to, um, But we're doing our conducting symposium and my phone goes off and it's a text message from Jeff Fuchs, who's the director of of University Bands down at UNC Chapel Hill. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is odd. I haven't heard from Jeff in a while. And the text message was, hey, can I call you today around, two? Sure. And I thought to myself, surely the assistant director of bands is not leaving. Hmm. Like Matt McClure, who was in the job at the time. Surely he's not leaving. That would be too simple. And I talked to Jeff at two o'clock and that's exactly what had happened. <laughs> He's like, are you done? Would you be interested in the position? Yes, sure. That would be great. So I packed up and moved back to North Carolina and I've been there, was there for the last two years as the assistant director of bands, assistant director of athletic bands. As it turns out, a similar opportunity came down, um, when my, uh, uh grad school colleague, David Thornton moved into, uh, the director of Spartan Marching Man, associate director of band's position at MSU when John Madden retired. Mm. Um, so when they were searching this year, they asked me to apply for the job, and I applied for the job. And as you can see by my current outfit...
0: <laughs> the shoes as well.
1: You're right. It's a go green kind of day here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very fortunate to be able to go back and, and be back on campus at alma mater number two. Uh, and be... right now my job assignment is... Assistant Director of Bands, Associate Director of Spartan Marching Bands, the title, um, but I'm the essentially the assistant director for the Spartan Marching Band. I will be doing the women's basketball band for Spartan Brass, which is our our indoor um, athletic bands ensemble. Okay. Um, I'll be doing the concert band, which is the third music major um, ensemble in the College of Music, um, and I also will be doing the Spartan Youth Wind Symphony, which is the high school honor band. Uh, that we have auditions for and put together every spring. And then I'll teach first semester, beginning conducting, conducting one, and second semester, marching band methods. Mm -hmm. Um, And on top of all that, be able to be back in that atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Which is just, I think I told everybody in the interview process, and it wasn't as genuine as I could be. It's like the community that's in that college of music is second to none. It is incredible how well everybody works in the building and how everybody has a common goal, and it's to make th- the best possible music possible. Um, you know, the cherry t- kind of on top of everything, for everybody right now up there is the new music facility. I mean, they just broke ground for that that new building that's going to include new rehearsal halls, new practice rooms, a jazz cafe for the jazz program. It's, it's going to be incredible. Hmm. So, all right. It's been an interesting path, but I feel pretty good
0: about it. <laughs> can we just to unpack some of this? Can we go back to, um, you know, the, the thing that's fascinating me the most is political science and Jim Heil? And um, I mean, he's how, an
1: interesting character. Oh, that yeah, one. Well,
0: <laughs> but I mean, I obviously must have been pretty influential to get you to basically say, okay, I'm going to go from this path. To go somewhere else. Were you in love with political science at that point, as much as you? Oh, seem, I'm still
1: fascinated. Are it. you? I mean, as oh, much yeah. as
0: you're in love with music here. I
1: mean, it's as one. It's not essentially not very safe to be probably fascinated with political science at this point. But this is a band <laughs> podcast, so we'll stick to. <clears throat> um, And I should add, it was not just him. Sure. He and his wife were there. So Dr. Nancy Whitaker was the music ed person. Okay. And they came at the same time um, to campus. And he's, if you just, I would argue, if you just saw him in a normal day, not in front of a band, you would be like, okay, well, he's a nice enough guy, whatever. But when he gets in front of an ensemble, it is remarkable just remarkable how inspiring and driven and and motivating he can be mm-hmm. you know it just it it was an incredible experience to watch him work and to do things because and it was so very different than what we were all used to yeah i would argue um he was different the repertoire was different different for the concert bands um i think the most obvious impact he made was probably with the marching tar heels okay um (laughs) there were some um there were some fallacies about instruments and things and how they functioned when he got there that he had to address pretty quickly um it's kind of like i won't even say them out loud i mean you just just can't
0: we'll do an extended version here sometimes
1: (laughs) yeah excuse me um (laughs) But there was a lot that had to be dealt with with okay. that ensemble when he got there, and it was pretty small. And by the time he left, it had 330 members. Wow! And he, I mean, he gave it a, a like a, I would argue, a more positive identity in in the setting or on campus. Um, <clears throat> and you, as you can imagine, when you come in and you have to make change, not everybody liked that or appreciated that. And honestly, I didn't so much at the time um but especially in retrospect it's like wow i mean how did he get all of us to work past that initial we don't want to make these changes we don't trust you to do this we don't trust what you're doing how did he get so many of us to work past that and uh and hang in there and follow what he was doing sure because i mean it was very different i mean one of the first things he did was institute the run on for pregame. And it's like, you want us to run and then play <laughs> our instruments? What? We're in the South. We don't do that. I mean, it's like it's that kind of thing. Um, but his he the harder he worked, the more convincing he seemed to be to all of us. And it really that was such a that eight year period. I think people around the state of North Carolina recognize that that was it even eight? He was there from 1989 to 1996. So many band directors who are influential in the state of North Carolina came out of that small period.
0: Okay.
1: Um, It's pretty incredible. Hmm. I mean, and it's, it, it, it changed my life trajectory for sure. And I, and I'm certain that I'm not the only one that would say that. Sure. sure.
0: Yeah. so, is there anything I can and you know it, it's kind of an easy question that you could ask, assume I'd ask but you know the political science major is there You're really
1: a, fascinated by I that I am aren't
0: fascinated you? by it and I'll stop in a minute but you know I'm I'm just thinking like how how has that helped you as a band director because I know Ooh. there are no politics in schools.
1: <laughs> oh no. You're so funny. Um, I think it's actually the combination of that degree plus what I learned doing Ed leadership stuff. Okay. That helped me realize that...
0: So the music degree was the least helpful degree? Oh, no. no. It,
1: <laughs> clearly. I mean, it's it, it's in there. But in terms of, of, of being able to put a program together and sure. make a program successful and move it forward to where, you know, it can go, sometimes you kind of have to, you know, not necess- massage is the wrong word, but you kind of have to... I'll say it this way. I said it to somebody this to somebody earlier earlier today. Sometimes people have to think things are their idea, <laughs> even if they're not. Sure. So the ability to um, look at things, you know, from the multiple angles that a political science degree would require, plus have the educational language and thought process to couple with that, it it can help. <clears throat> it can help put things on the road to success for a program and that's what I found out worked for me in many ways it just it's like oh well if I didn't have this piece of information about how schools function I wouldn't have been able to go hey you know we need to do this for the band because the band's prepping for this can we do this with the schedule which would impact the each it just makes you look at things differently which helps which helps you really with administrators talk to them about how things need to function for the band program sure you know because there I think we all know as band directors it's not that we're saying our administrators are not smart people. What we're saying is most of them are not band directors. Yeah, And it's a very particular thing that we typically need to make our students successful. And if we can talk to them about that in ways that can make sense within the bigger educational picture, it, it, it makes things work better.
0: Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. You know, and, and another thing I think about, too, you were talking about um, – you know, being a middle school band director, and then and then college. I mean, I'm sure in middle school recruitment is very important, but in college, is it is it more important for you to recruit in college?
1: I think it's important wherever you go. Okay. I mean, if I um, I, I don't think you can not do that, especially with with things the way they are now. With so many things that people can choose to do, yeah. As students, I don't I don't think you can. You cannot do that. I mean, elementary school in the middle school, if you have elementary programs, middle school into high school, and then, of course, high school in the sure. college. I mean, we do, we just did, which is why I'm in my go green outfit today. Uh, we did a week this week of green and white days, which is where prospective rising freshmen come. Let's say that well. So these guys are seniors in high school this coming fall. But they're interested in MSU, so they they come onto campus and they tour and they talk about everything from scholarships to different requirements for different majors. They have a session with us for Spartan Marching Man, so they're look they're already looking at what they're going to do, not even this year, but the year following. Sure. So that that's one of the things we do, and I and I think I, I you have to mm-hmm. you have you have to do the recruiting thing. Uh, i don't i don't I don't know that people take it as seriously at all levels as as perhaps we
0: should. what are some issues that you have with college recruiting that people might not expect?
1: um and see this is year three going in and I'm changing settings um so I'm not certain that I can speak to that sure sure um
0: you know I, I would think like where we've got I teach high school and mm-hmm. a lot of my kids now it's it's more and more so becoming they're choosing the school based on the money they get. Oh sure. There's a lot less loyalty. Even when when mom or dad went to this school, you know, and your yeah. kid's gonna go to that school, it doesn't seem like that matters as much anymore with the uh, rising cost of, right. of higher education.
1: Well, I think sometimes I think one of the things that I um learned at unc is you have to help them put the puzzle pieces together a little bit if that makes sense okay so you have to help them know okay you're coming to this campus for school we have a band because they're thinking about all the other components and a lot of them aren't thinking beyond high school band um so for example down there we started doing concerts where we'd bring high school bands on the campus and pair them with our ensembles so it's like and there were bands that typically we see a lot of kids coming from that school Mm -hmm. into the unc environment so it's like why don't we just do this and i think unc greensboro does something very similar where they come onto campus they play the concert and they see how things function and they see what the facilities look like and they meet the directors and they do all these things which then put a name and a face with that program and in that situation which hopefully pays dividends in the long run Mm -hmm. so it's like you'll get more kids coming into the band program from those bands because they had that experience. Um, And this year we're pretty lucky because we, we did that at UNC. And then we also did um, we had the opportunity to host the central, the one of the larger districts for their district band and the all state band all in that same year. So the kids got a lot of time on campus. Um, I know from an MSU perspective, the green and white days we do that. Um, We do a recruiting push through social media especially for Spartan marching band by doing um, videos about the band and videos. It's answer the call is the uh, tag name, Uh, giving them the dates that they can come audition and giving them information about Spartan marching band. Um, But I, 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 you can't do nothing. (laughs) You really, there was a point in time that I thought that as a middle school band writer, like, well, the kids are going to come. It's like, no, they're not. They're not. They're just not. They're not going to show up unless their mom or dad or somebody pushes them to do it. And they were in band. Yeah, they're not going to do it. A lot of times they're motivated. Oh, my neighbor's in band. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they kind of they're having fun. Well, maybe I should do band. Yeah, you should do band. But you you have to go get them. You know. Luckily, I know somebody who's pretty good at the recruiting thing <laughs> that can help out, give you some ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, um, you have to go get them. So, so, tell us about middle school band. So, you taught middle school band... For 18 years. 18 years. Mm-hmm. And, um... I was
1: never going to do that. No? No. I was going <laughs> to teach, teach high school band. Okay. I was never going to teach middle school band. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think I was a good fit for it. Why not? Well, because my... I did both. I did high school and middle school when I student taught. And I just kind of was like, oh my gosh, they're crazy. Yeah. Like, literally, I'm like, I'm not doing that. You know, well, when, when you need a job... <clears throat> <laughs> you take a job. <laughs> you know, luckily, the first job I had was in a really good county, in a really good place, with a really good history. And then I started teaching middle school. I'm like, oh, ah, I kind of like these guys, you know, because you see so much growth in three years. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so much change. It's kind of, it's fun to be a positive part of that because they've got so much other stuff that they have to face when they're that age it's just it's fun to be like a kind of a constant through that sure tumultuous time for them
0: what did what did year one look like in the middle school for you if if you want to get in the time machine and go back and look at that you know i'm thinking for the some, way back machine the way back machine
1: <laughs> and uh, you know
0: what did that look like were there what were your successes year one that you can think of and then you know not that you have to air anything you don't want to but what were some things that you look back and you go holy cow if there's anybody that's going to start next year don't do this
1: okay so to like give a little bit of setting so first of all the school had moved to another school so that that school could be renovated and so i got there and everything had been moved back from that school to our setting and we had a brand new band room and all this stuff which was kind of cool Um, and the very first thing that happened was we had several weeks of school and then Hurricane Fran.
0: Holy cow.
1: So that was my first year of teaching. That's how that started. Move back to the new building, try to find all the things and oh, hurricane. Right. So that, that was that. Um, I think if I look back on that year one, I I would do it differently in that I would try harder not to be sucked into worrying about what they thought of me and be more worried about them learning what they needed to learn. Okay. I think we all fall in that trap. And it's – the the thing to realize is it's like they will like you if they feel like they're learning stuff and being successful rather than you being worried about whatever trends they have going on or whatever social – does it matters to them. And I guess it should matter to us a little bit, but okay. the big deal is that we're teaching them the things that will make them successful and make them want to, you know, be in our bands, be in the high school band, be in the college band. I th- if that, That's one huge thing. And I, th- I would pick better music too. <laughs> <sighs> like I found some of those programs when I was moving and it's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like who picked this? <laughs> I don't mean to sound like a snob, but yeah. yeah. Who picked this? <laughs>
0: we're, we're sitting at Rachel Maxwell's house right now
1: in the basement. This, in no the West.
0: basement. And this, this is the first one I've had with an audience too. There's uh, Rachel's daughter playing on her phone and, uh, you know, other people, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> just
1: random other people.
0: <laughs> I don't know if they want their names out there or not, but, um, you know, well, you're going to
1: hear from one of the, uh, oh, one of yeah. the two of them, no matter oh, yeah.
0: what. So. Um, but well, Wendy's here and I didn't talk to Wendy about this, but I talked with Rachel um, about this before and it was her music selection process. Oh, sure. And, and you know, Rachel's frank because her daughter was there and basically he goes, oh, it's like band day every day here and just <laughs> listens and, and makes lists and everything. What was your, you know, when when you feel like maybe you really started picking some some music you were proud of at the middle school, what was your music selection process?
1: No, well, I still don't know that I've done that yet. <laughs> I mean, it's like I, I look—I still look back at some of the things that I put together, like the last few years I was teaching. I'm like, <laughs> why that piece? Why? Because you know, you just get gung ho about something. It's like yes, yes and then you're like, what was I doing? Um I think I think the change though is when I really started to worry about. This may sound odd, but I'm going to go with it anyway. I started to worry about not only what the kids needed, but what would the audience like to hear? Okay. You know, because that's a part of the, the, the gig. It's like...
0: We are entertainment.
1: We, we are providing like an experience for the people who are listening. So I, I started to really mess around in some ways with... Um, I think I always tried to balance out styles, but really kind of thinking about key signatures and key centers And how it's like, okay, so how through this music can we offer the audience a sense of finality when we get to the end? What can we do? What can we mess around with in terms of putting these programs together that will offer that? Um, And also the whole idea of backward mapping through the year for the students, what you're going to do. So it's like if I want my students to be playing these things and featuring these concepts over here in May and June, what am I going to do in December? What am I going to do for assessment if I have to do that in March? What are the puzzle pieces that need to go together so that by the time we get here, they're still challenged, but they're not overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that's kind of a fun thing to do in in that it really makes you think through, first of all, okay, who are these children? Who are these students? And what can they do? What should they be able to do by the time that they're leaving eighth grade and heading to the high school? You know, it... I mean, you can look at what your high school band director does. I was very fortunate because I sent kids to two high schools that played grade six literature. Okay. So if if we could get to a place that we were playing pretty sturdy, like say for example, like um like a Prairie Songs by Pierre Laplante. If that's what we're doing in eighth grade, or we're doing something like a Last Full Measure by Michael Sweeney, or maybe a um among the clouds by Brian Bell we're doing those things that gets them prepped to go into those high school bands and be successful mm-hmm. almost right out of the chute. Um, but it's just, it, it's the combination of those two things. It's like, okay, what do they need? How do we need to get there? what concepts do we need to be digging in on tone tone more tone tone uh it's like what what do these pieces need to have what qualities do they need to have to to make those things come together for them yeah so
0: what what were some of the experiences that your middle school kids ended up having with you as a director that you're particularly proud of
1: See, I was thinking about that earlier today in the car, too, and I don't know why. I think it's because it's coming to Chicago. Okay. That's probably it. Um, <clears throat> I hope that the the big deal for the kids was when we did commission pieces. Hmm. I think that might be, probably is the best thing that I talked our boosters into doing. Okay. Um, because we we're very fortunate and it started, and I... I I'm so very thankful that the I had to make some phone calls to set up a commission for the the band district that I used to work in in, in Central North Carolina. And as a result of that, I had to talk to Brian Balmages. And when I talked to Brian, we are talking about the whole, can you do this commission for the district? We were able, actually, as a school, to bring him in because we were doing some of his pieces anyway. And as a result of that, we started talking about commission, and he did our first commission piece because hmm. the parents just thought it was incredible that he was there with the kids as a composer talking to them about his music, talking to them about music in general. He will sit at the piano and talk to the kids. He'll compose a piece for them on the spot. I mean, he's just that guy. Um, so that started the whole process for us. And once the parents saw, oh, wow, this is a living composer musician in this band room who is great with these kids, and the kids are just, they're asking actually smart questions, like they're doing brilliant things yeah, like yeah. with him, they were sold, so I think for for that program and for those kids that piece, and we were able to do one with Brian. We were able to do one with Stephen Bryant. we were able to do one with Pierre Plant that's not yet published. Um, we were able to do one with Michael Markowski, hmm. and uh, we were able to do one also as part of the consortium with John Mackey. So it was it I I, I think that is the probably. No, no, probably it's the best thing I was able to do. Okay, and we did other things, but that is that is the big kid centered thing. Yeah, because yeah. you know I think <clears throat> as I was thinking about it today, it's like you know you did, we did a lot of other things, but I don't know there was a, we're always the most kid centered things.
0: Sure,
1: which you know in retrospect you kind of go, <laughs> yeah, that that the kids were the thing that helped make that happen, but uh, I don't
0: know if uh, hmm. you know so. Yeah
1: yeah, that and that was fun. That was so much fun to watch them do and so much fun to be involved in that process um, with them and those composers. I mean, especially all of them are fantastic pieces, but (laughs) the looks on their faces the first time the electronics played for the Machine Awakes. Okay, I will never forget that.
0: Well, it's, it's got to feel good to know that, you know, the kids got that experience. You were instrumental in in No pun helping. intended. No pun intended. I was going to not say it, but gotcha. you, you said it. You got me. <laughs> um, it, but it. But it's got to feel good that you helped push new music out, too, to the profession that, you know. People well, can buy and play with their their programs. Now.
1: Well, all of those, fo- I mean, all those composers did such a phenomenal job. I mean, for uh, Michael Markowski in The Cave You Fear, that was the first grade two piece he'd ever written. Okay. And I mean, it's the kids second to the machine, second to the machine awakes probably just went nuts mm-hmm. because it's so novel. I mean, you've got, you've got all these features that you would hear in a normal middle school band piece, but then you've got an amplified lion's roar. You've got Multiphonics and the Saxons. I mean, you've just got all these these extra musical things that happen. And then when Michael was there, he actually videoed the kids demoing those things and worked with them. It was just incredible. It's yeah. an incredible experience.
0: So let's say I want to do a commission project. Is it as simple as you said? You just call somebody up and you raise the money? Is there more to it than that? Some people, well, raising <laughs> the money is kind of key. Um,
1: but the thing that real people should and this was hard for me to get around my head around at first but I went and did it anyway. When you call people and ask them for something, all they can do is say no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's some composers that said no, I don't have time to do this. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to the proposal. You just go on to the next composer on your list and and first you have to have an opinion about people's music and who who you think would write well for your group. Um and who you feel like your the music speaks to you so that you, they're going to do something that you're going to be comfortable with. And the kids are going to be comfortable Mm -hmm. with. Um, but I, I just, I fell into the bell mages one, like literally had him on the phone, got him to come to the school and do it was our spring concert. He did, um, Hmm. Moscow, 1941 with one group and did was incantation and ritual with another, with the, with the younger group. And just from that, we just, we fell into that. But then it's just like, well, I'm just going to pick up the phone and call who, who, who would I like to hear a middle school band piece from? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Stephen Bryant's never done anything. kind of fell into that one too, because I had to order a score from him for something else, Okay. which then he's like, oh, well, we're moving to Durham. How far is Durham from, you know, Hillsborough or Eflin? I worked in Eflin. Okay. And I'm like. Thirty minutes tops. He's like, oh, and it just evolved from there. Sure, sure. And then I said to him, "So who should we get next? Oh, you should talk to Michael Markowski. (laughs) Just it. it, Sometimes life just works out. Yeah. Um, And I'm a big Pierre Laplante fan, fan, so I just needed that to be in the world. Okay. So and hopefully one day we'll we'll be able to get it published and the rights will 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 gel, but. You know, don't be afraid to just pick up the phone or yeah. s- send the email. You know, if they say no, oh, well. If they say yes, start raising money. Okay. If you haven't already and start really thinking. And, and
0: getting that parent buy-in as
1: well. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's for me, it was finding the right parent who then talked the other parents through it. Okay. Um, this particular parent was a parent at both the middle school, one of the, my middle school and one of the high schools. Um, and she had two kids in band. So she'd seen it. She'd seen how this all works. And I explained to her what was going on when we, when I'm like, okay, her name's Ingrid. Ingrid, we have the opportunity to bring Brian Balmages in and he'll work with the kids and do the spring concert. She's like, how much? And I told her, she's like, I'll call you back. (laughs) Half an hour later, she calls me back. We're good. Bring him down. All right. That's kind of how the commission went. It's like, this is what we want to do. And she talks to the other parents like, this is what we want to do. Give it like, give, give us X amount of time. Okay. X amount of time passes by. Okay. We're good. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just keep asking.
0: (laughs) What do you, what do you hope those middle school uh, kids are doing today that have graduated and, What what do you hope they're doing musically?
1: I swear I'm friends with most of them on Facebook at this point. Um, (laughs) Well, some of them are doing so many different things. Um, Some of them are still playing um, because some of them went and did music ed. And I shook my head at them and went, are you sure? Are you sure? You've seen what I get like in these situations. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. We're, We're good. So some of them are doing that. Some of them are taking other routes and doing jazz some of them are doing electronic music which I that was so much fun it's like a kid from my second year of teaching in my first job is now doing all sorts of electronic music and using electronics in ways that are so fresh and and just like mind-blowing to listen to almost it's like oh my gosh never thought you'd do something like that but okay let's go with it it's great um But they are, they're playing a lot of them. A lot of them, a number of them are in law school, which is, there's some irony to that. I understand that. Um, But, you know, I I think in the long run of life, if they've learned to go out in the world and contribute, and not even necessarily in music, but just contribute to the world in positive ways, I'm okay with that. You know, and if they're going through life and they're happy, well-adjusted people, that's great. You know, a lot of them are like headed for 30 now, which kind of messes with my psyche. (laughs) It's like, really? (laughs) Um, Really? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they are, there's so many great kids I taught over the years. And, you know, on top of that, I pile on student teachers that I've had who are out in the world being super successful musicians and teachers. It's just, Mm. I just hope everybody is doing well.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? Absolutely. Like something that simple. I know it sounds simplistic, but,
0: you know. <laughs> well, let's switch to college then. Okay. So with college, you, you went over your, your schedule for this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. How are you going to balance that?
1: Well, I'm lucky in that when I was on campus as a grad student, I did most of that. Okay. Um, I wasn't, obviously, the person in charge, except for the, actually, the Marching Man Methods class, I, I, I was in charge of that. Um. But I know how everything functions. Okay. Um, And there, you know, there's obviously in two years has been change and there's been adjustments made um, to a number of things uh, because, you know, David Thornton moved into the position as uh, Spartan Marching Man director. But, you know, it's with the relationships I have with the people I'm working with, I'm not stressed about it. I'm not stressed about how it's going to function. I'm stressed about making sure that things go well Okay. and making sure that I, I am contributing and and helping be a leader of, of of a program that's always going places. It's like I there's so many things that go on that are so fantastic
0: mm-hmm.
1: at, at that school, I, you know, I'm not stressed about it. Okay. I probably should be. <laughs> Maybe I will be when preseason starts on August
0: 20th. Well, some some people have views of of college, you know, band directors that um, maybe it's a little bit more of a glamorous life in a, in a sense. And you know, from the people I've talked to, they said no. There's a lot of travel involved. There's a lot of of recruitment. See, I there's, enjoy all of you know,
1: that. Maybe that's why I'm not sure. Lot, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy all those things, and and it's there's a lot going on. I mean, I have a seven day work week off all. Fall okay. Because we have. I have concert band rehearsal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We have Spartan marching band rehearsal uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, I teach conducting first semester Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, We have game days on Saturday. Uh, Then I have the Youth Symphony on Sundays. So it's a seven-day week. Okay. That's what you do. It it is, and it all involves music, so that kind of makes it okay for me. Okay. You know, I you probably talk to me in like October and I'll be like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but so what would you say to somebody maybe that's experiencing some burnout though?
1: Um, don't we all go through periods of that though? Like we all go through some sort of something that makes us reassess like, oh, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> I, I think we all do. I mean, I, I, that happened to me as a middle school band director. Okay. Um, which my, the signal for that to me is like, I got to change something. It's like, I clearly, if I'm feeling this way, I am doing something that is not allowing me to do this in a way that's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I just had to, I took a step back and had to analyze what on earth I was doing. That was, that was kind of putting me in that place because I mean, honestly, middle school, high school, college. If you're doing all the things you should probably be doing to make the program successful, you're going to be a little crispy around the edges. Because there's, I mean, there's always something to do. There's always something that needs to be done. There's always something that needs to happen, you know, in the name of, you know, these kids need to be good musicians. Sure. I mean, that's how that works. So I I just, I literally, I got the feeling I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> What are you doing, Golden? I mean, you just have to, you have to, for me, it's I had to look at what I was doing and what I was doing in ways that made me feel that way. Okay. Um. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I probably am. <laughs> we all are. We're band um, we all have our things, you know, but I just, I, I tried to kind of spin it and, and not allow it to, to, to really weigh me down. Okay. Just it's, and sometimes, you know, well. No, that actually, I was gonna. I won't say that. We'll keep. We'll keep moving.
0: What do you do besides band? Then, so you're doing band seven days a week. You do other than band. That's what I've heard.
1: (laughs) What is this madness? (laughs) What What is going on? Um, I got. I'm. I I spend free time watching a lot of TV. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Like, I I could sit and. This is terrible. I could sit and watch Archer on a loop sometimes.
0: Okay. Because
1: <laughs> I love that show because it's, it's kind of inappropriate. Just well, a little. I, a little bit, but it's funny, you know. Um, I, I've done a, I do a lot of, um, a lot of TV watching because it just kind of, it just lets my brain kind of turn off. Sure, sure. So it can reboot itself. Um, and you know, I, I am in a, band nerd gathering so i probably have to own the fact that the amount of music band music i listen to is probably a little disturbing (laughs) if you track my youtube like it's it's a little crazy especially if i'm looking for new music like in that period of time that most of us go oh i need to start thinking about next year the amount of music i listen to is crazy
0: sure
1: like from there to um um spotify i mean it's a little crazy
0: i like that i asked what you did besides band and somehow you went back to band
1: because that's such a part of who i am (laughs) it's it's like i travel i go i ghost places i get to travel now more a little bit uh because i actually have a salary again and a job um so you know i was i've been here and there and everywhere this year i feel like um but a lot of that was also job related so it's like it's kind of just everywhere I don't know that I have an answer that takes me completely sure, away from sure. me, other than the TV thing.
0: What are what are some pieces then that you've listened to recently that you can think of that you might suggest? Maybe people not program them if if you know they don't have the ensembles for, but maybe even just listen to.
1: Okay, um, a really I'm doing this this year with concert band dance fairs by Jess Turner is something that I think we're going to have a great time putting together. It's very. Um, oriented in dance beat and kind of like an EDM, like an electronic music thing. Um, so I'm really enjoying that one. Um, I really, I was listening the other day cause I've got some middle school things I'm going to do this year coming up. And I really hope I'm getting the title right. The, there's a new fanfare by Tyler Grant called Shimmering Joy that I really like. Um, another one that I heard via the UCLA conducting symposium because I was watching that live stream, is uh, Chasing Sunshine. It's a Kate Nishimura piece, which is really cool. Um, I fully intend to, at some point this year, revisit a piece that I did when I was out in Oswego doing the Honor Band. Uh, We premiered a Julie Giroux called uh, Our Castaways. I fully intend to revisit that.
0: Are you Um, friends with her on Facebook? Yes. She's got the best Facebook page.
1: (laughs) My best day ever was when I posted something on Facebook and somebody posted something crazy and then Julie went after them. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is fantastic. And the other person immediately like starts backpedaling. It's like, no, that's not what I meant. She's like, but that's what you said. And she, she just goes in. I'm like, oh, God. it's like, you never know who's watching. Um, hang on. There's something. Um, and there's some things that have come to me that are um, maybe not new to other people, but they're new to me. So there's... um. Oh, what is it? A Chris Pilsner called Doom, Spiro, Sp- Doom Sparrow Sparrow or Spiro Sparrow. I should get those correct, right? And it's a gorgeous slow piece that we're going to do this this year. Um, at MFA, when I did that camp, um, I revisited one of my favorites, Cyclone by Mike War. I just, I need to do something other than that piece, but I really enjoy that piece. But uh, Andrew Boyson Jr., everybody should keep an eye out for his new piece that he... Uh, wrote for chris gleason's band up in wisconsin called the tale of the headless horseman um and the kids did a phenomenal job putting that together but it's great music and it also accompanies great visual art i mean the artwork is gorgeous and it was done by a, um, a wisconsin artist whose name escapes me right now um but the music plays along with that art artwork through mm-hmm. the performance it's it's great um, so people should really, it's like grade two and a half. Okay. Some places it might be grade three, but people should keep an eye out for that because it's going to be, it's a great piece. Yeah. Um, I probably have others I can mention, but that's a lot, I feel like.
0: That's a lot off the top of your head. You do listen to a lot of music. That's cool. I'm not the only person <laughs> in the room
1: that does that. I just want to say that out loud. <laughs>
0: So, you've had, again, if you look through your resume and your bio, like, you've, you've had an incredible career so far and and a lot of success. Were there ever any roadblocks or speed bumps that you had?
1: Oh, sure. They're, they're always, those are always there. Now, you can choose to let them stop you, but I'm a little bit hard-headed. Okay. You know, there there were a number of things that happened between when I... Um, went to let's say the north the Northwestern Conducting Symposium in 1999, and when I finally got to graduate school in 2014, there's a lot of life things, there are some professional things. You know, I you can't let that. If you have something that you want to achieve, you can't let that stop you. Mm. You know, it's. <laughs> There's some things that professionally happen from like a political standpoint, even <clears throat> in the state of North Carolina. That's kind of like, eh, well, I really kind of wanted to do that, but okay, I'll go teach my band.
0: Mm.
1: And it's like you could you could get downtrodden about it, or you could do something productive. Okay. I I tend to choose after I stew on it or get really like angry, yeah, yeah, and go sit in the corner. Um, I tend to try to move forward because that's I mean that's the only way you're going to get get to what you think you can do so
0: yeah we have a lot of kids in my high school that will you know try to sometimes use you know those excuses and maybe not have ex- excuses they believe that yeah. I, I can't do this because i don't have this i'm not this i didn't get this but this person said no this opportunity isn't here you know, you know so
1: some of the most successful people i know are not motivated by outside things. It's mm-hmm. not an extrinsic thing for them. It's from the inside out. And that's why they're successful. Because they'll try something. And it's like, well, that didn't work. Okay. They'll go re- regroup, think through what happened, and they'll go right back at the thing they were trying to achieve from just not even a big change, but a slightly different angle. And here we are. Yeah. You know, so it just, it's... We all have, we all come from such different places and have such different things that either drive us or motivate us or inspire us. And it's, I, for me, I just think I hold on to those things mm-hmm. and try, try to, you know, from my own internal place, keep moving forward to, to what I'm trying to get done. Um and sometimes you just have to accept that that can't get done. Maybe you need to rethink what the thing is. Sure, sure. And approach it from a different perspective.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll be closing up here soon, but okay. what are your uh, future goals?
1: You know, people ask me that and I don't have any clear-cut answers right now. I think my most immediate goal is to teach at MSU. Okay. And be successful.
0: Live in the moment.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> um and if other opportunities, whatever those might be, appear or come onto the horizon, then I guess I'll have to make, I'll have to consider some things or I'll have to make a choice or, or whatever. But right now, I'm, I'm very happy to be taking this opportunity that I have.
0: All right. Well, Aris, thank you for coming out here and talking with us. Oh,
1: well, thank you for having me on. It's been fun
0: absolutely we'll probably have to do a part two sometime when you come back if you're okay with that maybe get a couple other guests involved out there oh now that would be kind of fun yeah it would be but (laughs) (laughs) I gotta get some more mics for that so we could Uh, just sit
1: around the one.
0: that uh, yeah that would be really (laughs) 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 all right Aris, thank you very much thank you